for our diving Hope comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast. Today is Tuesday. Today is our Tuesday edition of Raw Recovery. Today is Raw Recovery with Michelle. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. So Michelle and I got to do a little bit of talking beforehand, Um and Michelle was uh, brought to me by another uh, person. Um, I'm forgetting their name. We're gonna. I'll I'll figure it out before the end, and we'll make sure that they get a nice plug. Um, but you were referred to me, um, and um, Michelle is a peer recovery coach. Uh, pre- uh, previously, a mental health peer coach, which honestly I find I. I absolutely adore that. We were talking a little bit and you get everybody yes. out there in, in podcast land knows that a lot of us are duly diagnosed. So this is important stuff. Most, most uh, recently um, she's a peer recovery coach and um, works a lot on harm reduction, um, which I think is extremely important here in Colorado right now. So thank you very much, Michelle, for doing that work and for taking yes, your time and coming on the show. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, harm reduction it is. It's an incredibly incredibly important to hold that space for people in, until they're ready. Why don't we why don't for people maybe that are newer, why don't we describe uh, before we get to your story what sure. harm reduction is? Okay, so um, harm reduction is um, making sure that people are using safely. Mm-hmm. Um, we have several uh, kits that we provide to um, anybody that is in need. Uh, we also do outreach, so we'll go out in the streets and provide them to homeless that are out there mm-hmm. using it. So um, what that consists of is um, bleach kits um, to make sure that people are, are using clean needles. Yep. Um, it can be um, a sex kits because, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of times people, you know, when we're using, we're not taking care of ourselves and mm-hmm. we don't we're not having great. safe sex, right? Yeah, so, correct. you know, we do things that are harmful. Um, Yes, definitely, it's especially with, um, you know, meth and that sort of thing, and, and you, you get aroused, right, so you're going to, a lot of us are having unprotected sex, so that, mm-hmm. um, also, um, wound care kits um, for people that, you know, uh, maybe have abscess, or um, even, it can be as little as something as a burn on them, on them yeah. from a, a pipe or something, you know, yeah. just to make sure that people are, you um, taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, we actually provide smoke kits as well so that people sure. are not sharing pipes and, um, you know, just making sure that people are, are using safely and a lot of education on it too. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people, because there's a stigma again, you know, people are like harm reduction I, yeah. and they don't understand the whole concept of it. So I'm going to kind of bring it into layman's terms for us here just like in the big book it says that if nothing else then let's provide them with what they need so that when they are ready 
they know where to go. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Yeah, there there is a huge stigma around and a lot of people think that it's enabling, but it's Mm -mm. it's absolutely not enabling. Um, You know, we just want people to be safe and and, you know, it doesn't matter. Everyone deserves to be alive. Right. And so absolutely, you know, just providing that safe space for them until they are ready to get the help that they need. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that, Michelle. That is hard work to do. Yeah, it can be. It's challenging. But, you know, like we were talking about um, before we started too. you know, um, that one person, you know, and it makes it worthwhile. So absolutely. Very much so. All right. Well, you know, and and I have a feeling once we once we hear your story, we're going to find out that you're not codependent at all. I got a weird (laughs) feeling your story might be a little bit tougher. So um, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to open the show up to you yeah, okay. um, and you can go ahead and start wherever you like. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny that you bring up that word codependent because, um, I was, uh, at one time extremely oh. codependent. Wow. Um, and that is part of my recovery, right? Is, All right. um, gaining that independence. And that's what I want to talk a lot about today. Okay. Um, is, is getting sober is, is just the beginning of it. Right. Yep. And so there's so much more to it besides being clean and sober. Um, it's the whole mental aspect. So yeah. Um, I, uh, so my story, um, begins actually when I was very young. Um, uh, there's a lot of, of alcoholism in my family Okay. and, um, a lot of, in the beginning, absent parents. Right. Okay. And so I was left to kind of, uh, do a lot on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents, my parents separated when I was really young and my, my, my dad was basically absent for a long time. Okay. And so, uh, we had to uh, move from where we were living and, uh, at a young age, uh, a lot of trauma started, um, sexual abuse, um, from a neighbor and, just uh, a lot of, um, yeah, trauma. Um, and so that, that was the beginning of my, um, use because I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to talk about it. And so the easiest thing to do was, um, start using. Okay. So I would start sneaking alcohol was probably 12 or 13 years old. And this was mostly to mask the um, sexual abuse by the neighbor that I, I didn't want to, um, divulge. Um, I was okay. already having, having daddy issues. Right. So, sure. um, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that even if it was right or wrong. And so, but I know that, um, I had to cover it up somehow. So okay. I started, um, drinking, I started using marijuana. Um, I mean, I can remember, taking the bus to school and just sitting in the back of bus, you know, mm-hmm. um, smoking a joint on the way to school just to be numb and get through the day. Yep. And so I, I started out with the use of marijuana. All right. Um, and like I said, not knowing what a healthy relationship looked like with the separation of my parents and kind of being left um, on my own. Sure. I started developing a very, um, the codependency, very unhealthy uh, relationships. Okay. Um, a lot of abusive relationships. And I think with the codependency, you know, and always wanting to fix people, um, it was easy to get involved with, um, 
people that were already in active um, heavy addiction. Yes. So um, I did. And in the beginning, you think, oh, well, I want to fix them. I want to be there for them. And, okay. and I can't you and I can fix them. But not being in a good uh, place uh, and being stable myself and, and mentally, uh, yeah. um, I just got to where I was using with them. Mm-hmm. And so um, it started out, um, I was um, basically kicked out of my house um, at a young age. Um, a lot of suicidal ideation started mm-hmm. and um, a lot of needing the need needing a mental health uh, care but not knowing what that looked like because I was still real young okay how old and were you I was at this time maybe 15 16 okay. and what happened was I had a way out by a friend of mine's older brother um, it mm. was my first attempt at suicide okay and I was put in a mental uh, institution okay and he said oh well I'll take care of her. And so I went from there to be with him. He was seven years older than I was, right? Okay. And um, and a a dealer. He was a, a drug dealer. Okay. And so that that at that point is when all the cocaine use started. Mm-hmm. And so it was very uh, readily available. It was easy. And so I started that and it and it went, it, it spiraled. It just went from there to meth, um, started, you know, um, snorting it and then ended up smoking and yeah, just a, a lot of, um, abuse. I ended up that relationship obviously ended because it was toxic to start with. Mm-hmm. And I just went from that one to another one, to another one, to yep. another one and very extremely abusive relationships. Um, I had a child at a young age who was dragging her through that and um yeah it just it it didn't stop and it started affecting me uh, very much mentally mm-hmm. and inevitably physically okay and it's uh, was it's it's a downward spiral right you know and it's from the mental health and then to the drug use obviously the drugs are not gonna help and so it's a vicious cycle yeah uh and, and until you decide or realize or hit that rock bottom or Whatever that looks like, you're just always in this in this spiral. Do you and mind? So, do you mind if I ask something? Uh, absolutely. On that um, mm-hmm. Do you think you kind of got that that idea and what a woman should be from your mom? Did she do a lot of that too? Did she, after she separated, she did she have a lot of different men in her life? Not not really. Okay. Um, I. I'm always there, just there, curious about. Yeah, this no, stuff, there were there were um, a few. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm yeah, there were a few that, and it never really worked out. Okay. Uh, but I ended up on my own at a at a young age. Okay. And so, it really was not. I didn't know what it looked like either from her or from from anyone. Sure. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like you weren't really given a choice. That's no, it. I mean, how else were you going to at 15? How else are you going to survive on the streets besides I'm sorry, I don't know any other way either besides hooking up with somebody that's going to help me out. Good yeah. or bad. Good or bad. Yeah, I I was um, on the road for a long time. I 
I just started hitchhiking. I didn't know where to go, what to do. Sure. And so got picked up by a trucker. And of course they're using too. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of meth and speed. Uh-huh. And so did that for a while and just, you know, ran around and you know, finally I got with one um, truck driver. He's like, what are you doing? You're so young. You know, where do you, where do you belong? Where do you live? And I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you home. just, you kind of wander, you're lost. Uh, yeah. You don't know where, where you belong. And so, yeah, you're right. Um, and then I wanted to be loved so much yeah. that it didn't matter. You know, if somebody would pay attention to me, like you said, either good or bad, yeah. I'm like, you love me? Okay, let's go. You know, yeah. and and it was it was just that. And I think that's a lot of of I was gonna say women, but uh men and women both. Yeah. You know, we just wanna be loved and absolutely regardless of that what that looks like. So yeah, it do. just comes out different. I think it just comes out mm-hmm. different ways. I was the same way. I'll admit it. I I was just I was looking for love. I didn't yeah. know what it looked like. I, I didn't know mm-hmm. what it looked like. Um, and I knew that I just knew that I should be loved and I should love somebody else. Now I know absolutely what that looks like. You know, I'm, a, yeah, I'm good, in a healthy, re- healthy relationship, a good marriage, you know? Um, yeah. You know, so we do I, get to discover it. I, I am too. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in a relationship, but it took a long time for me to be okay with myself. Yes. And that was part of my recovery. Mm-hmm is to find myself. And that's a lot of what I want to encourage people and instill in people today. You know, we were kind of talking about that a little bit before we started is it's not enough to get sober. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up, uh, I ended up with a DWI, a, a felony DWI at okay. that, and it forced me to stop uh, dr- drinking for that period of time. Okay. And that was fine. You know, as long as I was on paper and forced to not drink, it was easy to not drink. You okay. know, if we get, get incarcerated or uh, institutionalized or something, then yeah, we're kind of forced to be sober. Sure. But are we really addressing the issues of why we were drinking or drugging in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. And that's hard to do when you're in jail. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't uh, until... I mean, I, I stayed sober during that time, but mm-hmm. as soon as I got off paper, it's like party, you know, Bam, here yeah. we go. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm free. So let's go yeah. drink. And then there was a lot of um, mental health issues. So mm-hmm. um, Z- Zadax was just pushed at me constantly. So, it was sure. just, you know, well, they're seeing, home. they're seeing trauma in there. What, you know, we grew up yeah. in a different age and what did they throw at us back then? Xanax, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and, they, they would just prescribe you say something and, you know, like Wellibutrin or, or, or something. And, and there wasn't much actually back in the nineties, our mental health here was pretty good. So, mm-hmm. but um, alcoholism and PTSD look the same. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's hard to define until a person is uh, uh, has some sobriety under their belt first before we can start figuring out, you know, do you have what other traumas are going on? Yeah, definitely. Um, I ended up, I ended up marrying a cop. <laughs> I, I wanted, I thought, you know, hey, you know, all these, yeah, you laugh. All I, these, we, I got a lot of that. <laughs> um, I, I thought that I would be safe, right? No. 
And, and he even said, you know, oh, you can trust me. I'm a cop. Sure. And so I thought, well, this is great. You know, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be taken care of. He's, he's never going to hurt me. Sure. And that was um, literally 10, close to 10 years of pure hell. That was um, horrible abuse um, by him at his hands. And uh, inevitably we found out that he was sexually abusing my children. Ah. And so um, just more trauma, right? And mm -hmm. that's that's a lot of what I, I want to be on here for today is because at what point does it stop, you know? Yeah. And at what point do we continue to pass it on to our children and their yep. children and their children? And, you know, I mean, and so many of us, it's it begins with, I was in an alcoholic family. Or yep. I was in yeah. drugs. I mean, that's the way it starts. And I really want to promote that, it, it being able to stop, you know, and that yeah. generational bunch of crap that just continues. And so it, it wasn't until it started really, I mean, I, I left him, um, got in another um, abusive relationship. And that was so not as much physical, but very mental Okay. And it was literally killing me. It started taking a toll on me physically. I ended up getting diagnosed with lupus. Mm -hmm. And wow. um, I, I was really about to die. Yeah. And I I stopped I, because as long as he was drunk, I couldn't be drunk because okay. I knew we were going to fight. Okay. And so I got sober, um, but I never addressed the mental issues. Sure. And that's why I just continue to go downhill physically and uh, to the point where the doctors literally said, if you don't make some changes, you're, you're yeah. going to die. It's going to kill so you. Yep. It's going to kill me. And it was, I was uh, one surgery after another, my body was saying enough is yep. enough. I'm done. And I, I was dying. And, you know, we do see that a lot with, um, users either of alcohol or drugs, a lot of physical problems. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, the co-occurring disorders with the, the drugs and the alcohol, but also the, the physical health and, you know, how are Absolutely. we, you know, I mean, anywhere from diabetes to cancer to, I mean, a lot of things. And so mm -hmm. it wasn't until I, I was told by and then I have been told a lot of times by psychiatric doctors that I wasn't okay. But then to be told by a rheumatologist, if you don't make some changes, you're going to die. And, yeah. and the way that he put it was, um, are, are you, are you trying to kill yourself? Yeah. He was trying to ask and yeah. Yeah. And after so many suicide attempts for him to say that, I was like, how dare you? Like, Huh. How dare you? How dare you say that to me? Yeah. But then I got to thinking about yeah. it and I'm like, yeah, you know what? He's, he's right. And this isn't coming from somebody that really knows my mental health, but as seeing me deteriorate physically. Yeah. And they and may have been, who knows, maybe they were in the program and I mean, you never, yeah. you never know. That's the cool thing is you just never you know. know, you know, but good for the good on that doctor. Yeah. To say something that was highly uncomfortable and probably a little unprofessional, but needed to yeah. be said. Yeah. It needed to Def be said. It definitely needed to be said. And 
at that point, I, I made the decision to change. And so not only, not only was I clean, I mean, I was taking uh, maybe 20 pills a day wow. um, for Hi. my ment for mental health, uh -huh. um, for the pain. I was just always in pain. Mm -hmm. And so I was I, taking... I... Yeah. I get that people, I mean, cause I'm, I'm diagnosed PTSD and acute mm -hmm. anxiety. So I know exactly what you're saying. It yeah. hurt when I go through trauma, it hurts physically. It does. It does. That people don't realize that your whole body just hurts. There's not, and it's from the inside out and it, it's a different kind of pain. Um, but gosh, yeah. man. Yeah. It is and there's ways. Yeah. And I used to have to do a lot of that, but like you, I, you know, I, I made some changes. So I'm real curious. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. Um, Cause I was diagnosed, I mean, with PTSD, severe anxiety, depression, sure. and then later on actually um, disassociative disorder, Okay. which, uh, which cannot be helped with medication. Nope. It has to be processed with therapy Yep. and really work through that trauma. And so I made changes, uh, not only getting out of that environment and putting myself in a healthy environment, but also decided to address the trauma. So I started mm -hmm. very intense uh, therapy from cognitive behavioral therapies yep. to really change the way I was thinking and feeling about myself to intense one-on-one -on -one therapy. Mm -hmm. And then later on, uh, EMDR, which I'm yeah. not sure... Uh, I know, has, I'm familiar with EMDR. Okay. And that has been uh, life changing for me. Yeah. And so to really process that, that trauma and making changes uh, physically, but changing my diet, mm -hmm. the, I don't think we realize how important diet is in our recovery and being active. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I really, I'm finding that out right now. Being I'm a coach. actually going through mm -hmm. that right now. Okay. I can't um, keep eating cereal every day. I gotta. No. <laughs> see, no, no. Guys, we gotta uh, take care of ourselves. That's not how you do things. So yeah. That is not. Uh, I started eating clean. Uh huh. Uh, you know, I cut out the processed foods, and you know, when I was diagnosed with the lupus and fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. Yeah. And I mean, there's days I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. And so the neurologist actually gave me a book to read on diet. And the first thing, absolute first thing that you have to do is cut out the sugar, right? Which yeah. is hard for addicts because a lot of times we want to place, replace the drug with candy. Yeah. You know, we want to eat sugar and, but it's important to uh, maintain good health uh, physically to mm -hmm. Um, during our recovery and, and I want to let people know for for alcohol it's a little it's a little different <laughs> alcohol mm -hmm. is 90 percent sugar so you're probably gonna want to check with a doctor anyway about that pre-diabetes yeah. that you got going on but you're yeah, gonna definitely. have those sugar cravings in the beginning and that's where it's coming from so cut back slowly on that one is yeah. what I would suggest um in the beginning yeah definitely um you know, and even talk to someone, research, you know, I don't think a lot of us do much uh, research on on ourselves, you mm -hmm. know, maybe either it be it what we're diagnosed with or or our addiction, 
you know, we're just kind of clueless as to what's going on with our bodies um, mm -hmm. and with ourselves. So, yeah, I did, um, I did a lot of research on the diets and, okay. you know, what I did need to eat. And so I started eating clean. I cut out the sugar and also carbs because carbs do what? They turn to sugar. Mm. So I, I changed my diet, first of all, and then I started exercising. And, and, and it can be as little because I know, you know, and we got to take baby steps, right? Like we don't mm -hmm. just wake up one day and, and say, oh, well, we're clean and we're fine and we're good and everything is great. Yeah. Like it's, it's a huge process. And it, and it literally um, took me a couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, even through the, the therapy and the mental health pair, you know, I was getting to be in a pretty decent place. Mm -hmm. And my therapist at the time said, hey, you know, I would like to bring you on as a mental health pair. And I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and so she started explaining to me what it was. And I was like, okay. you know, that, that's great. And I appreciate the fact that you have enough um, belief in me to do that. But as much as I was in a good place mentally, uh -huh. I didn't feel like I was in a good enough place to teach people how to be in that place, right? Way to be honest with yourself. Yes, I mm -hmm. do know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah. And then even as a recovery coach, you know, they say that they want you to be two years clean before you can go through the recovery coach training. Sure. And I, I, I don't know. That's that's I'm in Texas. So that's here for me in Texas. I don't yeah. know if it's the same way there, but no, it's I, not. OK. Anybody so, can become a recovery coach in Colorado. OK. I even think that sometimes that's not enough time. I I wasn't I, ready. Man, I just. You know, I think it's it, it's a hard subject though, because when yes. I was nineteen and I and I went into recovery, the time it took me to bounce back was a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. You know, um, including spiritually, emotionally, mentally. But when I got sober the second time, I was older. It took me a lot more yeah. time. So I think it really depends on the person. Um, okay. I would I would say if I was to give an opinion, I'd probably say a year. Oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. For most people, for me, I wasn't ready till two, two and a half years, but I had a lot of stuff. I went through a lot of trauma and I yeah. had to work on it. So, yeah. And that's, I think that's the big thing that I, I want to encourage people today is address that, address that trauma. Uh, I think most of us have a mental health diagnosis, either, either die. Well, a mental health, let's put it this way, a mental health issue, it may not be diagnosed. Sure. It can be diagnosed or undiagnosed. But I think that at the end of the day, what got you to using in the first place is the mm -hmm. question. Yeah. And and as a coach, you know, I, I love that question because so many people want to judge the user and, you know, just shake them like, what mm. is wrong with you? Just yeah. stop. But it's not a matter of... of if that it's it's not a matter of why are you doing what you're doing but what mm -hmm. happened to you for yeah. me what what happened to you yeah and so i and that'll I give asked, us the whys mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely and so addressing that and knowing that it's not enough to just be sober but yeah. you have to you know and for for somebody in a, in a 12-step program is either work the steps you know and I, I do realize like we're not as as coaches where I'm at, 
mm-hmm. promoting promoting one pathway or another, but helping that person finding their pathway. Yeah. For me, it was more of a holistic approach. Okay. And and that's okay, you know, whatever it looks like for you. Yeah. But absolutely. But finding something that works and then sticking to it, right? And so because it is lifelong it is lifelong yeah and but i have been able through through my recovery and it's not only for me and it an addictions recovery but also a mental health recovery and being that mental health peer first absolutely combining those those together because you do need to be okay like we were saying it's it's from the inside out yes and and working from the inside out and really um, processing all that. And so, yeah, today I don't feel like I need a man to define me. I, I am not, I'm not that codependent person anymore. And, mm-hmm. and I've been single and I'm okay with that. And I think that's that finding ourselves and being okay with ourselves and loving ourselves, you know, um, a lot of times we don't, we don't love ourselves and it's, it's easy oh, to sure. use because, we just get stuck and yeah. um, and really understanding that you are worthy of your recovery. Absolutely. You are worthy, um, you know, for so long, I didn't feel like I was worthy enough, you know, and finding, and, you know, in the beginning, people are all over the place. <laughs> we had this conversation um, on a staff meeting the other day if somebody was in early recovery and they wanted God and they wanted Buddha and they wanted this 12 steps, but they wanted CR and they wanted, you know, they just wanted it all. And and I get that because it's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing it is. You. you know, what, what path do I take and which direction I go? But yeah, giving yourself- I kind of feel yeah. like it was a little easier for us because there were lesser pathway i i love my aa things like that so Mm -hmm. you guys we're talking about the difference between sobriety and recovery yes is what we're talking about here so you know if you have a let's say you have a drunk horse thief and you get them sober what you have is a sober horse thief yes and what you have to do is go back and figure out why is this person stealing horses it probably something that their dad or their mom taught them in the beginning or maybe there were so what we're talking about is saying that there were things that happened in our lives and even normies go through this okay yes um maybe they just didn't react the same way that we did but we have to go back and we have to work on that and it's all right it's yeah. okay to do that um and that's what that's what's great about having recovery coaches right now because there are a lot of different pathways I can help you find yours. You, you know, you and Michelle would be able to help you. Absolutely. But until you're in, until you're actually in it, it could be very, very confusing and extremely overwhelming. If you, I don't like to put too much on a new person. I try and keep things very, very simple. Yes. And, and then I'll ask them certain questions. What do you like to do? What do you prefer? What is it that, you know, are you, are yeah. you a guy that and if you got sober, if you, would you rather go work out or play video games? You know, yeah. I'm figuring mm-hmm. out a personality type here so that I can be like, okay, well, I think this program over here is probably going to work best for you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I could go all day on it. Honestly, I, I love what I do. I, I love being a coach and I, I think it is important to, 
it, it, be it either a coach or a sponsor, whatever that looks like for you, but have somebody guiding you through the process or, or a therapist or, or whatever, you know, yeah. but um, having someone that can, uh, can help you. Yeah. And yeah, assist you, and guide. you through that process. Yeah. And I call them accountability buddies. Accountability buddies. Yeah, now, definitely. I got five of them. Yeah. <laughs> and they, yeah. Keep, you know, they keep me in line. Um, and what that does, it helps me every day to stay focused on, on what I need to do or what mm -hmm. I, and actually now what I want to do, you know, there again, we were talking about this at the beginning is, you know, you, you, with what we do, there's, there's self-care and, and this yeah. kind of all tied in together with us talking about loving ourselves too. So it kind of all tied in. Um, once you start loving yourself, all that stuff, taking care of yourself will come naturally. You'll just yeah. be like, okay. Yeah, I need to take an hour or whatever you need to do. But for us, this is fulfilling. So mm -hmm. we are getting what we need by doing this, by helping other people. So Yeah, absolutely. And and offering that hope, you know, it, you know, like it says, you, you take one and you give one away, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, paying it forward is, is big for me. But I, I think the, the thing, Tate, that I really want to hit home is that um, it's possible, right? I never thought in a million years that I would be sitting where I am today yeah. and, and, and offering that hope and not being that beat down, abused little girl mm -hmm. that, that I was for so many years. I yeah. mean, I, I lived that for so many years and I accepted that as my fate, but you know, your current situation, anybody that is, is listening to this and not in a good place, I promise you that your current situation is not your final destination. Absolutely. If you get up in the morning and you take that first breath, you have a purpose for that day, whatever that looks like. And if I can do it, then, then you can do it because yeah. I stayed stuck in that rut for years, literally years and years and years and had absolutely no hope but you know finding first that one person that will hold that space for you and stand beside you mm -hmm. you know is is good but i i think that really uh addressing because i i was never going to be okay until i addressed that trauma yeah and what got me using and in that messed up headspace in the first place and once I did that, I was okay. I didn't mm. want anything. I didn't want anything else. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't need to drink to be happy. And, you know, whereas before I could hardly get out of bed because I was so depressed and in pain, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't so much take as a Tylenol today. Not even, I mean, nothing. I'm on no medications whatsoever. Be it wow. for the lupus um, is in remission. Um, yes. Thank you. Hey. Thank you. Yes. Uh, the lupus is in remission. I have, I'm, I live pain-free and That's there's so no, cool. no anxiety, no depression, you know, everything. And where I lived in, I mean, in stuck in fight or flight mode. And you know that with PTSD, oh, I mean, yeah. you stay, you say stuck in that ready to run or waiting for the ball to drop. And, you know, now today I'm just like a duck when it rains, you know, yeah. stuff <laughs> just rolls off my back and then yeah life is beautiful it's it's great i wake up every morning with a grateful heart and ready to take on the world yeah. and and that was, and that was hard work so 
good on you. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's not easy. It's not no, easy, it's guys. Not. It's not easy, guys. It's not easy, but it is definitely worth it. Yeah. It is definitely worth it. That's one of the reasons why I go, why I do a daily reflection every mm-hmm. day. Um, yeah. Because there are times, you know, and I've been doing that every day for almost two, well, over two years now, actually. Wow. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when I was have when I was in full blown PTSD doing this, getting ready to go walk into the emergency room, you know, because I want people, I wanted people to see what it was like. Yeah. I wanted them to know that they weren't alone, even though I was going through something where I wanted to, everybody was the enemy, yeah. you know, but, but we still have that little wherewithal in us to be able to react with people or, or things when we're going through that. It's very little, yeah. but you can find it. Definitely. Um, and, and I think that's why these stories are important and why we have to be transparent. Yes. You know, especially as a man, I really feel like I need to be transparent so that people understand it's okay to cry, man. It's okay yeah. to go through this stuff here. It does not take away from you being a man. Trust me. No. Yeah, definitely. It's okay to not be okay. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah. There is nothing wrong with that. No. So. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. And, uh, and I love, I, I love coaching the guys too, and, and being there in that moment when they realize that. And yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful it, thing. It is. It's the aha moments. Yeah, it, uh, definitely. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I tell I tell a lot of my clients and, and sponsees that, um, AA is a lot like the karate kid. One day you're gonna get mad at me because you think I haven't taught you anything, and then we're gonna we're gonna wax on and wax off yeah. my motherfuckers, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're like, oh, Definitely. okay, yeah. yeah, and that's a, because we're the last people to realize when we've changed. So we might even do some kind of critical thinking, not even realize that we did it, unless somebody mm-hmm. else told us, absolutely, because it was a change for us, absolutely. So, but that comes with effort and time. So, yeah, and I think it's important, like we said, too, to have that coach and that person so you do have someone that can point the, that growth out to you and keep mm-hmm. you encouraged, you know, and not just for accountability, but um, motivation. Absolutely. So, yeah. Definitely. And it's for different areas of my life. One's a professional. One is, you know, but they're just different types of people for different types of things. Yeah. You know, I'm going to keep myself covered, man. No. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a good, I'm in a good place. I mean, like I said, physically, mentally, emotionally, but I do still have people that I talk to. I uh, have a therapist I meet with every week just Absolutely. to process junk, you know, and, you know, to unwind and, and it is good to have somebody to talk to that's, that's neutral, you know, Absolutely. that can be, be honest with you. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's what my sure. therapist is for. And he's good yeah. at it too. Uh, I've been going to him long enough now. Yeah. He can be pretty mean to me. <laughs> nah, they're, they're, okay, oh, we, we see honesty yeah. as uh-huh. being mean, right? But that's right. Yeah, that's that. a very good that. point. Why don't, you, why don't you kind of reiterate on that a little bit? Okay, so yeah, and uh, we do. We see the truth and honesty sometimes as being mean. Yeah. But um, it's that tough love, right? Yeah. It's that yes. tough love that it's really, like that doctor that talked to you. That doctor. Absolutely. I was I was a little pissed off, you know, like how dare you? But 
at the end of the day, that's what I needed to push me over the edge. And, yeah. you know, I, I had saw, I started seeing a therapist after that and, and actually expressed my anger for this doctor. And he's like, well, you know, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a therapist, but I as a professional, I have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. If you didn't make the changes that you needed, we would not be sitting here talking today. So, you yeah. know, and, and that first step, that first step was the hardest. It was the hardest, but you know, what is that, that saying the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. That's correct. You know, once we take that first step, then it's, it's, it's not as uphill as we think it is. And I think we tend to make it worse than it needs to be too. We do. We do. So, you know, um, we, I have such a mountain over molehill mentality and you guys, that means that a small problem comes along and I'll make it big. So I know how to deal with it because I Mm -hmm. couldn't deal with problems without some sort of drama in there. Yeah. We thrive on that drama. Um, well, I, I did. I don't yeah. anymore. I used and, to. And, I don't you know, anymore. now, um, you know, recognizing those, those red flags and, and relationships and creating those boundaries. And, you know, that's, that's going to be huge in recovery too, is being able to create those boundaries. And if mm-hmm. we're not stable mentally, we're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're, if you're dealing with something beyond uh, alcohol, you're going to find that boundaries are going to be your best friend absolutely absolutely Uh, that's why that i'm sitting here because of boundaries boundaries and i started boundaries on myself and not Mm -hmm. expectations or things like no boundaries so i wouldn't let people cross these boundaries and i still don't and it doesn't matter who it is but i have to do that for myself i have to or i won't be available for everybody yeah, you know, the, the little, and I'm sure that a lot of us have, have heard it, but uh, the analogy with the mask and with the plane, you know, mm-hmm. when you're on a flight and they tell you to put the mask on yourself before you can put it on anybody else. That's right. Because if we're not okay, we're no good to anyone else. So, That's right. you, you know, self, self-preservation. Yeah. You can't transmit something you don't have. Absolutely. And sometimes that could be frustrating when you're newer and you just want to go celebrate recovery, but it's okay. Just hang out in your pink cloud for a little bit. Have some fun. You know, I hate it when people are like, oh, it's going to end. Yeah. Just keep your feet on the ground. It will end. Don't worry about that part, but go have fun. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Enjoy it because it's going to end. Life is, you know, life is good. Life is beautiful. It has so much to offer each of us if we just yeah. allow it. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter. I, I kind of feel like in recovery and that's what's so cool. It doesn't matter what your passion is. There's a place for you. Does yeah, it? Yeah. Your passion could be fixing cars. There's a place for you in recovery um, yes. to help other Def- people out. Yeah, it, I actually had one of my um, coaches tell me the other day because she's just doing amazing, and her her significant other is not doing quite as well. But she okay. told him she's like, you know, if we put as much effort into our recovery as we did our addiction, yeah. we blow this out of the water, right? Yeah. And I was like, I am Easily. so glad to hear you say that. Like yep. you were so right for you to recognize that. And she had walked I don't know how many miles to get out of a situation 
and Good I was just impressed. Yeah. And so, and it's true. If we put that kind of effort. It is. And, when, and if we even put just half the effort, mm -hmm. okay, because I used to put more than a hundred percent into drinking, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, um, half and half measures do avail you nothing. So we do have to, we do have to do that. I, this is how I did it. I, I go to meetings like I drank mm -hmm. every day. <laughs> yeah you know and um, I was an so everyday I, drinker so that's what I do I do um I also do a lot of lead a lot of groups mm -hmm. and so I I do one group at a men's residential treatment center and a, a lot of times they don't know and I because I'll ask like well, what is it that you're passionate about you know I don't know yeah, it's so tough to get. And so, to... you know, yeah. So during that that time that they're there, we explore that because you're right. Yeah. You'll find something that you're passionate about. And mm -hmm. some of them have picked up guitars and started playing and you know, art and building stuff and painting. I mean, there's so and many it's beautiful things. stuff, too. It is. We, we are extremely talented people. Yes, we are. Definitely. And we're miracles, mm -hmm. man. We are. We are like God's gift. Come on. Well, yeah, that's God's right. gift to other alcoholics, but <laughs> guys, yeah. Well, like I say, you know, if you got a this morning breathing, you have a purpose, and that's somebody it. needs somebody needs to hear what your story is. Somebody needs to hear you. I mean, mm. and so yeah, but I definitely encourage that too. You know, finding that that passion and and not being ashamed of of where you've been. You know, just yeah. be, be transparent. Yeah. Yeah. You can turn, you can turn that into gold. You can turn your past into gold. That's what I did. I'm not ashamed of my past. No. Um, and I don't wish I could change it either because when I look in the mirror today, I like who I see mm -hmm. and that made me who I am today. So I don't want any of it to change. Yeah. I love me. It's yeah. yeah that's great to get to that, that place. And, and it's possible. It is. It is. We can we can recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. We can recover from being insane. Absolutely. I, I know because we're sitting here. We are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. Like I said, um, you know, um, taking some, I don't know, 20 something pills a day. Yeah. Wow. And so, you know, now I, nothing, absolutely nothing. So, so cool. yeah. And I'm here, you know, uh, if anybody does want to reach out to me and okay. learn more about my story about my pathway about you know what we can can do if i can encourage or guide or lead or whatever that looks like just uh pray I, whatever okay whatever. fantastic yeah. did you want to get out give out any information people get a hold of you they can get a hold of me and i can pass them on um uh, yeah that's fine that's okay. fine well i just don't want to pass out your phone number on air so yeah, no, uh, yeah. but you can find, uh, can I utilize your last name? Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you can find uh, Michelle Hazelwood um, and uh, you can get in touch with her. All you got to do is just press on her name on the link in Facebook and you'll find her you uh, from the podcast or get in touch with me and, and I will send, uh, send you their way. So that sounds great. Well, you know, thank you again for taking your time today and coming on here. Um, definitely that's why I love doing this because it's always some kind of conversation we you know and that's what I love about it is um, there's always so much hope in these stories 
and I get to be, and what's so cool is I get to be a part of it too. So it's neat that I get to meet new people, have a conversation. I've never met you before this. Right. And we got to say that in my world is a miracle, man. Yes. Yes. And you're you know, in Texas. I'm here in Colorado. You know, it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you do. It, it That's what's so cool. It just blows it me is. away. It's great. You know, something else I didn't mention before either is that, um, you know, being codependent and always wanting to help people. And I'm like, so close now to having my degree in social work too, which I never thought that I would be able to go back to school. And so, you know, people think that there's limitations put on you because of, of the trauma or because of your addiction or because of the mistakes you made, but the limitations we put on ourselves, there is nothing that if we, you know, uh, in our recovery, they always say, you know, get your tools from your toolbox, get your tools. The most powerful tool you have is your mind. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's, there's nothing that we can achieve if we put our mind to it. Absolutely. And there's the only thing standing in your way is you, is you, Um, and if you guys are trying that and you're running into hurdles, give us a call. We know about those hurdles. We'll help you get over them. That's what we are here for. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Dan. It's um, it's a blessing and a privilege to be with, with you here today. Oh, thank you, honey. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, like we were saying, like we were, it always, we were talking about this before. It's all about helping one person a day, man. Um, if we help more than hallelujah. So, um, but yeah, thank you very much for taking your time coming on and, and talking with us. Um, for all my listeners out there, thank you for being a part of, um, and that you're helping us grow. We're growing so quickly. Wow. Um, And I'm very humble. And um, I'm really glad that we made the decision to turn the show um, over to the actual guests. I think it's made a world of difference. So this has been Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast with Michelle Hazelwood. Thank you, everybody, for being here. I love you guys. You know I do. Peace out and have a day.